Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. dropping two of three over the weekend, falling to the Arkansas Razorbacks, the third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks at Baum Walker Stadium in Fayetteville, losing game one on Friday night by a final score of four to one, winning on Saturday three to one before losing in the rubber match 
five to one. And guys, I did what I shouldn't have done after the series concluded, which it's just bad habit at this point. I went and checked social media <laughs> to gauge the temperature of the fan base and how people were feeling and just sort of give a check-in. And folks, you would think this ball club who is overall, I think, what, 37 and 14, I think it is, something like that. I think 37 and 14 is the overall record. You would think this ball club is 14 and 37. Now, listen to me. I know I sound like a broken record, and you all know. I don't think I have to sell you on this. I'm not the Garnet Glasses guy. I'm not sunshine and rainbows. I am far from a sunshine pumper. I don't know that there's many out there that would label me as such. But what you will not find, if you're coming to this show, you're on YouTube, or you're listening on Monday morning, what you will not find from yours truly is panic. Is panic. Am I frustrated? Hell yes, because losing is not fun. But I think here's what you have to do when you look at this Arkansas weekend. First things first, guys, pitching dominated the weekend, right? South Carolina only able to score five runs all weekend. Arkansas only scores, what, 10 runs themselves, okay? So pitching dominated on both sides. There was not even a home run hit between these two ball clubs until the Sunday game. We're talking about a South Carolina team that averages over two home runs per game and an Arkansas team that almost averages two home runs per game. So two of the most prolific offenses in college baseball, two of the best at hitting the long ball and with their power numbers, if you will, right? So a hard-fought series all weekend long. And when I look at this series for what it is, and you'll understand where I'm coming from in just a second, when I look at this series, just these three games, what I see is this. Two of the best teams in college baseball going head-to-head a hard-fought series, and it really reminded you, right, we saw these two teams face off in the Super Regionals, right, back in, what was it, 2000, uh, 2018, I believe, Mark Kingston's first year, and that was a classic. It felt a lot like that. Just a great series between two great teams. There is no shame in losing two of three to the Arkansas Razorbacks at Baum Walker Stadium. Guys, I picked it, number one. And number two, we talked about just how good the Hogs were at their home field. Had lost one, one singular SEC game at the friendly confines all year. There was a reason why it's one of the best environments and one of the toughest places to play in college baseball. So if I would have told you before the season, right, this is the point I'm getting to. If I would have told you before the season, hey, South Carolina is going to lose two of three to the third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. And the Gamecocks, by the way, are ranked sixth in the country at this point, but they're going to lose two of three. Here are going to be the scores. Here's how it played out. You probably would have told me, you know, that's frustrating, you know, because we hate to lose, but I can understand it. Arkansas is a really good team. It's not going to throw your season awry. It's not going to throw you off the tracks. We will be fine because obviously we're playing pretty good baseball to go toe-to-toe with a team like that at their place. Here's the problem. Then you bring in more context to the situation. And unfortunately, 
the way that you played the two weekends prior, getting swept by Kentucky, which is the really the one that stings for me, getting swept by Kentucky and losing two of three at Auburn. Guys, dare I say it put unfair pressure on this weekend. You should have never been in a position where you felt like we have to take two of three against Arkansas. We have to go in a Baumwalker Stadium and take that series. This series, in my opinion, was always viewed as it's a nice to have, but it's not one you're expecting to have. Again, guys, I picked two of three on the Arkansas side for a reason. The goal was this. Just don't get swept on the road against the top five team in all of college baseball. Just do not get swept. But the problem is losing the previous two SEC series, losing the midweek to North Florida, and people are they're unraveling at the seams. They're, they're, they're boiling over. The tensions are boiling over. Here's what I also think has happened this season. Because as you can tell, right, I don't have to spoil it for you, and I'm not sunshine pumping. I think I'm just keeping a level head. Because when South Carolina was killing everybody, sweet Florida, dominate LSU in game one, that was a lot of fun, guys. The way South Carolina started was a lot of fun. But anybody who's watched baseball, been in baseball, been around baseball, I knew the Gamecocks were gonna, weren't going to live at that high the entire year. I mean, you had people talking about, we're going to win 22 SEC games, 23. We may never lose again. That was an absurd reaction. On the flip side, I mean, I talked about it all week leading in this series. The opposite of that reaction, this team's never going to win again. They don't deserve to host. We should just end the season now. Let's just throw in the towel. You'd think Carolina is 14 and 37. They're not. They're not. Is it frustrating what is happening right now? Absolutely, it's frustrating. But guys, believe it or not, I come out of this weekend more encouraged. The problem was this. Against Kentucky and Auburn, those are two teams that while they're very good ball clubs, Watching it, you did not feel like South Carolina was playing up to the standard. That was the thing I think that was most bothersome. On the bump especially. Just not living up to the standard. Guys, South Carolina played good baseball this weekend. I mean, they didn't swing it very well. Don't get me wrong, but, and I hate to be this guy because I've been this guy a lot, but when it comes to Arkansas, and you're facing a guy like they threw Hunter Holland on Sunday, and he throws a CG with 10Ks, I mean, you got to kind of tip your cap. You got to tip your cap. I, I think the big thing this lineup can learn from this weekend is this. When you have an opportunity early in game, you have to take advantage. Because when you get in the postseason and you're facing these elite arms and guys, most of the guys that are starting in the postseason, the reason those teams made the postseason is because they have elite arms. So you got to get them early. And the Yardcocks had chances early in both games one and game three. Could not do it, right? The game three, I mean, I, I think the, the first and third situation, nobody out where Braylon Wimmer hits the little nubber pop-up, followed up by Talmadge Lecroy, bad luck, line drive right back at Holland. He throws a third, uh, third base double play. And that was kind of all she wrote, right? I feel like that killed you offensively. 
Another thing killing the Yardcocks offensively right now, we're going to spend more time talking about this this week. You know what's missing right now? And I know he's a freshman, but Ethan Petrie's slump is killing this lineup. I mean, you guys might recall early in the season, it felt like this dude on a nightly basis was getting that momentum-changing type of knock, that game-changing type of home run. It's just not happening right now. He's in a slump, the first slump of his career. And I think he'll get it fixed, but I'm sure that coaching staff will be hard at work this week because the things that I saw that were more bothersome, the body language, getting visibly frustrated. Listen, we know you're frustrated. I know you're frustrated. You can't show that on the field. You can't show that to the opposition. He's an 18-year-old kid. That's something he will he will fix, he will correct, he will learn from. But that's obviously affecting a lot. When you're three hole hitters in the type of slump this kid's in, it's just tough. It makes it tough. I mean, there were moments all weekend, man. I think, again, maybe it's recency bias because the game just happened a couple of hours ago. But game three, what are there, two men on? Ethan Petcher's up. I was thinking to myself, I was like, and it was one nothing South Carolina in this moment. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, earlier in the season, this is the moment where Petri hits a three-run homer. This is that moment, and that moment is not happening right now. It's just not happening. Now, I don't blame Ethan Petrie. To expect Ethan Petrie to have played at that level that he was he was swinging the bat at, to, to expect that all year, I mean, guys, come on. It's just really not realistic, to be honest with you. It's not realistic. But you just simply put offensively, did not do enough taking advantage of these big arms early in game. It's something you have to do. Again, you had your opportunities on Friday and Sunday, and you were not able to cash in. And once you let these you, once you let these premier arms get into a rhythm and get into a groove, you got to get them early, right? We hear the old expression, the old cliche, and the reason it's a cliche is because it's true. If you're going to get him, you got to get him early. How many guys do you hear that about? If you're going to get him, you got to get him early. That's because once they get in the groove, it's going to be real tough to knock them off it. It's going to be really tough to knock them out. And so I look across the board this weekend. Start. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pitching? Elite. Starting pitching was fantastic. Eli Jones, what he did in that game one spot. I mean, guys, whether Will Sanders is hurt, he's not hurt, does it even really matter at this point? Eli Jones, in my opinion... He's earned the start game one against Tennessee later this week. He's earned that start. No question about it. 
Jack Mahoney, what he did, we'll get into more in just a second, but phenomenal, fantastic, heroic type of effort. And I thought Matthew Becker was, was much, much better, obviously, than we saw over the past couple of weeks. And I thought he was solid, guys, by all accounts. I mean, allowing five runs on a Sunday, you'll take that. I mean, I'll take that every time. Five runs in a game three, you just got to be able to swing the bat and, and help your team out offensively. But again, what you don't bank on is a guy, Hunter Holland, who had combined for seven and two-thirds, I think it was, or, yeah, seven and two-thirds innings pitch, the last two starts for him this season against Texas A&M, and I forget who the other was. But what you didn't expect from that guy is for him to go nine complete innings, go a complete game, allow just one earned run, and retire, what was it, at 1.19 in a row? South kind of went to the ninth inning. They did not have a hit since the third inning. That's how good Holland was. The same way that Jack Mahoney was special on Saturday night, unfortunately, Hunter Holland was even that much better in his start for the Hogs on Sunday. But so I looked, though, across the board, these box scores. You know what else stands out to me? South Carolina made one error all weekend in 27 innings of baseball. One. They pitched well, and they played great defense. Guys, you have that combination I think the hitting will be there. I think this week at home is going to show everybody the hitting is still there. I think this team will swing it much better at Founders Park, and it's why hosting in the postseason is so important. And I feel crazy almost because I'm normally like the, I don't know, people label me at least as like, I'm like the fire the coach this or change this or change that. And trust me, if things continue to trend downward and we get in the postseason, get knocked out in the regionals, guys, I will be there. I will be there. You need not worry about that. But at this point right now, believe it or not, I come out of this weekend encouraged. I actually come out of this weekend feeling like, okay, we're starting to play better baseball. Game three did not go our way. That would have been a great game to win. That was my thought process coming in. This would be a great game to have. We'd all love to have it. Odds of realistically winning it at Baumwalker? Going to be tough to beat Arkansas. It's going to take a damn near perfect effort. And unfortunately, Hunter Holland showed up and he shoved. But losing two of three to Arkansas, if you just put it in a bubble, right? If you look at it through a tunnel, if you will, Losing two of three to the third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks at Baumwalker Stadium, guys, that does not make South Carolina a bad team. It just doesn't. Now, when you bring in more context and you talk about what trend you're on right now and what's happening, I understand. I Listen, I get it. I get being frustrated. But what I'm not doing is throwing in the towel. I'm just not doing it, guys. And maybe I'll look like a fool. I know, as I mentioned last week, it's not the popular thing to be where I'm at right now, which is I'm kind of sitting back in the middle and just sort of, let's just see how it plays out. Let, let's just see. I, I'm not ready to pronounce them dead quite yet. I know that's not the popular thing because what people love to do on social media, slap dicks, I might add, they love to overreact one way or the other. They love to live or die with every result. And in baseball, the season's just too long. The season's too long. How many times, let me ask you this, on a side note, how many times last year do you think Ole Miss fans pronounced their team dead? How many times? I mean, it had to be on an every week basis. 
And I know that's not a great example because what they did is a one-off and it never happens. But, like, the point still stands. Guys, South Carolina is going to be hosting a regional, barring a just complete collapse in this final week. And I'm not trying to spoil any of my predictions this week, but I really do genuinely feel like this team's going to play much better baseball this week at home. I think coming back at home, guys, there's a reason why it's so valuable to play in the home field. I know you didn't look good your last midweek at home against North Florida, but midweeks don't make any sense a lot of the time. Guess who else lost in North Florida, guys? The Florida Gators, who are now leading the SEC. Like, shit happens in the midweek. You've had two straight road weekends in conference at Kentucky and at Arkansas. I think coming home to the friendly confines, and we shall see, I think it's going to help this team a lot. And I think people are going to see, damn, that's why it's so important to host a regional. That's why it's so important to be at Founders Park because this team loves to swing it there. They love to play there, and they're much better. Again, when I look at this weekend, there were things that were lacking all on the offensive side. I thought it was great to see Braylon Wimmer get back in the lineup, right? He's a welcome addition. Already a couple of knocks on the weekend, a couple of RBI. That's a huge, huge return of what he did. Obviously, just being in the DH spot. Talmadge LeCroy being back in the field. I mean, it is a huge boost to this team. Cole Messina back behind the dish. Thought he was fantastic defensively. You even got some production out of the body in your lineup, right? And Evan Stone and, and Will Tippett hit a bomb. My God. Will Tippett went yard. So there were a lot of positives. Again, you played great defense. You pitched really well. You know, I know James Hicks was a little bit shaky. Kate Austin a little bit shaky. But, I mean, you look at those numbers, you'll take it every single weekend giving up, um, what, giving up 10 runs over the course of a weekend. Got to swing it better, no doubt. But, I mean, again, we're talking about the Arkansas pitching staff. So maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm a lunatic. Maybe I've 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 taken something, done something where now I'm just I'm sunshine pumper C Philly over here. Or maybe I'm just not ready to throw in the towel on a ball club that I still believe. Maybe they're not as good as they were the start of the year. And I think something else, and I don't know why Gamecock fans operate this way. I really don't. And maybe it's all fan bases. I think it probably is. Let, let me let me not single out the Garnet and Black. I think it's all fan bases. When your team is doing poorly, it sucks. When your team is doing poorly and your rival is winning, well, that's when shit really hits the fan for people. And that's exactly what's happening right now. That's exactly what's happening right now. And I think people also love to hit the panic button. They love to be doom and gloom. I mean, guys, it's it's proven. It's true. I see it in content all the time. Post-game video where I'm talking about a victory, it gets 1,000 views. Post-game video where I'm talking about an agonizing defeat, it gets 5,000 views. Why is that? Why is that? Because people are gluttons for punishment. I understand. But all I'll say is this. This ball club can still accomplish great things. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. I really do believe that. Especially if you can bottle up that pitching and that defense you just had in Fayetteville. I think the hitting will come back. I think the hitting will be there. You got to believe and hope that Ethan Petrie is going to get it going once again. Cole Messina is going to be there. Braylon Wimmer is going to be there. Talmadge LeCroy is going to be there. I thought Gavin Costas looked pretty good this weekend. There's some other guys that need to get going, but like I think the pieces are still in place. I really do. And I think returning home, 
I think you'll see this lineup be much, much more productive. Now, they they got to go out in the field and do it. The pressure is on. You've put yourself, you kind of backed yourself in a corner a little bit, and we'll talk a lot more later this week about that series. But losing two of three, just in, in a in a vacuum, that's the word I'm looking for. I, that's an interesting expression. But in a vacuum, just losing two of three to Arkansas, it, it, it doesn't end your season. It, it's not a series you expected to win in the preseason. Unfortunately, because of losing two of three to Auburn, who might be the hottest team, one of the hottest in college baseball, and getting swept by Kentucky, who I know they lost two or three to Tennessee, but guys, they're being projected as a top eight national seed. I, I think some people just got out a little he- ahead of their skis earlier in the year, thinking we're going to win 21, 22, 23 SEC games. That was never the reality. Same thing as after last week, and I told people, this team's not going to lose out. Like, it's somewhere in the middle. Baseball's a numbers game, and the numbers always seem to find a way to even themselves out. So I actually believe, guys, I know people maybe don't want to hear it right now. I, I think there's things you look at over the weekend that I'm encouraged by. Like, I'm more encouraged now, sitting here now, than I was going into the weekend. Flat out. And it's exactly what I said I thought would happen. I thought this team would bounce back, play much better baseball. I think they did all three days. Unfortunately, hey, tough Arkansas team. They are one of the best home field teams in college baseball. And you saw that over the weekend, and you pray, you hope and pray, you don't have to go back to Palm Walker at any point this season. God bless the team that has to play there in a Super Regional. God bless the teams that have to go there for a Regional. And hopefully, we don't have to go back. So, in my opinion, the sky is not falling. The sky is not falling, but a pivotal final week of the regular season upcoming. Guys, let's move into our ooh, ooh, series MVP award. And this one is very easy, very simple. It goes to Jack Mahoney. Seven innings pitched in game two, five hits, no runs, no earned, six strikeouts. And that start, guys, and you watch the game, the way he fielded his position I mean, the best – I don't remember the last time, you know, we've seen a pitcher at South Carolina field his position that well. The plays he made, I mean, the dude was getting the ball hit back at him all night, just making plays left and right. Um, you know, the defense all around that night was fantastic. But Jack Mahoney, what he was doing, contributing in that fashion, the big pitches he made, the emotion he pitched with, it was the return of dominant Jack Mahoney. And if you're getting that type of performance from your game two guy, getting that type of performance from him, going to be huge for South Carolina moving forward. So again, the winner of our ooh, ooh, series MVP award, it goes to Jack Mahoney. Let's move to slap dick of the weekend. And this one's also very easy. Uh, ironically enough, the Saturday night home plate umpire, that one specifically, I could just say the home plate umpire all weekend long, but it's a different guy, I think, every game. That home plate umpire on Saturday night, my God. I mean, some of the calls, the calls all weekend. And SEC umpires, the bar is in hell for me in regards to expectations and what I think they'll do and not do, what have you. That was absurd, some of those calls. And we've all seen the screenshots, different calls here and there. Cole Messina got upset over a call for good reason. I mean, I don't know what it was, but terrible. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Anyways, let's get into who's hot, who's not, who's hot. I'm going to give it to Eli Jones, guys. Dude's had two SEC starts. He's been phenomenal in both of them, in my opinion. Uh, Friday night, five innings pitch, four hits, two runs, two earned, two walks. But he had 10 
strikeouts. And, I mean, you think about what he's being asked to do. The week of, right, Will Sanders, whatever. He gets hurt. They want to make a change. Eli Jones has just been casually coming out of the bullpen. Like, hey, we want you to start game one at Baumwalker Stadium against one of the best teams in college baseball, and he just shoves the way he did. Gave South Carolina a great chance to win. Eli Jones in two SEC starts has been fantastic. In two hostile venues, by the way, I think it's a no-brainer. He should get the ball on Thursday night against Tennessee. Who's not going to give it to Dylan Brewer? Another rough weekend for Brewer. One for 11 with four strikeouts on the weekend. He's seen better days for sure. Better weekends, if you will. Uh, What's next for Mark Kingston's club? The Gamecocks have a midweek game against the Charlotte 49ers as they'll look for revenge against Charlotte, right? South Carolina's only lost two midweek games all season. One of them was to Charlotte at Truist Field. It feels like forever ago, but that game at Founders Park on Tuesday night. And then, of course, guys, the final weekend of the regular season as South Carolina closes out against the Tennessee Volunteers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, of course, guys, we'll talk much, much more about that series and everything else, break it all down, give our full preview predictions, et cetera, later this week. But a huge series against the Volunteers. When you just think about where Carolina is right now, 15 SEC wins. You talk about seeding. You talk about, you know, maybe top eight national seed potential. I know some people... That's crazy. You're crazy. Guys, if Carolina sweeps and they finish with 18 SEC wins, it's very possible. It's still very possible. So, a lot on the line. Hey, that, there's SEC tournament seeding, which will begin next week. It's crazy you've already reached that point. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But, again, Charlotte on Tuesday night, weekend series against the Tennessee Volunteers, who were coming off of a series win against Kentucky at... Lindsey Nelson Stadium, but as we know, Tennessee, a much, much different team on the road, so you know Founders Park will be rocking and rolling for all three games of that series. Guys, that's going to do it all for the show. Hey, let's get into your listener questions now. Looks like we have a lot of comments here in the comment section. Again, appreciate everybody tuning in. The Rowdy Rooster Rundown, first ever edition, which as you guys can tell, it's literally just What normally the Monday morning, or the Monday, I should just say, podcast is. Um, We've just turned it into a live show, and this will still drop, of course, guys, 5 a.m. for all of our morning commuters on Monday. So everybody who normally tunes into the podcast, do not fret. It's still going to be there, obviously, because you're hearing the sound of my voice. If you're listening to this on Monday morning, really, really cool. Um, All right, let's get into a couple of texts. We'll get into your questions here also in the YouTube chat. We did have a couple of texts come in. Hog fan in Charleston here. Hard-fought, clean series from two classy programs. Here's to hoping it's a matchup in Omaha in a month or so. Love that. I thought Arkansas fans were cool. Honestly, I thought Arkansas fans were cool all weekend long. They tuned in the live stream watch-alongs. I thought we had a lot of fun. By the way, thank you to all of those who tuned into the live stream watch-alongs. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh other text here says from Southern Style says can't win baseball games with runners on base. At least the pitcher stepped up and gave us a chance. Yeah, again, like I said, man, I think the biggest takeaway offensively is listen, you're you're not going to score. You're not going to score ten runs per game. We talked about that early in season, and so once you start facing these elite arms, you know you had a couple of chances early in these ball games, games one and three specifically. You got to cash him. You just have to cash in because it's not guaranteed 
you're going to have that opportunity to have a big inning again because these guys are so good. And once they lock in and once they get in the groove, it's just going to be really, really, really tough to get them out of that groove. We got one question on Instagram. Jackson Ross 00 says, are we still in a position to host a regional? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The projections are going to come out this week. Now, listen, here's what's going to irk people. Here's what's going to send people for a tailspin. That team in the upstate, Clem Sucks, is probably going to be a higher seed than Carolina. But, guys, here's a little tidbit for you. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. As long as Carolina is one of the top 16 seeds, doesn't matter. If, if, if Clem Sucks is going to be a top eight national seed, that's one thing. They're not. They're not going to be. They're not. They don't have the resume for it. As long as Carolina's a top 16 national seed, all that matters. But yes, South Carolina's still in position right now. I, I saw some, I don't know. Anyways, I, I just saw a lot of commentary on social media. I know the running joke is, well, Carolina's going to travel to Clemson for the regional. Guys, no, they're not. <laughs> like, no, no, they're not. Like, no, they're not. It's not happening. So, the Gamecocks are still in great position. They need to take care of business this weekend for sure. And this week, they need to take care of business this week. But they're still in great position to host if you take care of business. You ain't got to win all four games. I'd say you probably got to go three and one. But still in great position to host. I'm not even worried about that. All right, let's get into these YouTube questions here. Let's get into these YouTube questions in our chat box. Like I mentioned, guys, we're still going to take listener questions at the end of these shows, just like I did uh, on the podcast, but uh, a little bit different format. So I'm keeping you guys on your toes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. M. Colt back, trying to be level-headed, stay positive about the team. Got to get the bats going. Yes, we got to get the bats going. No doubt. No doubt. Got to get the bats going. Um, Blake Seaborn, I disagree with the new pitching coach. I believe we pitched very well this weekend. Blake, I did not see... I did not see – oh, okay, you're talking about Ritter's comment. No, we do not – Ritter need a new pitching coach. We do not need a new pitching coach. Uh, let's see. So, Marcos Quinn comments, Clem sucks is the best team in the country. Sir, if I'd have read that comment earlier, you would have been slap nigga of the weekend. Um, let's see. Any other questions? Any other questions? Any other questions? No, Corey Bridges, I don't think Messina is done at all. Looked like when he ran off, he just had a cramp. So, I, unless I miss something, I, I don't think Messina will be out for any extended period of time. Here we go. This is interesting. Corey Bridges says, mix it up and move Petri to five. Maybe it'll take the pressure off him. And I was wondering that, Corey, today, thinking about, I wonder at what point do they start to move Ethan Petri in the lineup, right? Because he's been in that three-hole spot. There's a lot of pressure there. I personally at this point, would prefer to see, let's slide Cole Messina to the three-hole, Petri to the five. I think he gets a little bit more to hit, and I think Cole Messina at this point is one of your best hitters, if not your best hitter all around. I like the move. I think you will start to see them uh, tinker with the lineup just a little bit, just to get Ethan Petri going. Just change something up, right? Just change something up and help him out a little bit. Um, Billy Beck, very clean baseball all weekend. Yes, big wash. Petri is very young, and he's a true freshman. Dakota USC, Chris, it's not Evan Stone. He's called Evan Trout Jr. now. That's been his name for a few weeks. My bad. Evan Trout Jr. then. Evan Trout Jr. Dakota USC also says, wait, this is new. Has C. Philly turned to a sunshine pumper now? I'm just – I'm trying to keep it level-headed because we saw it this past weekend, did we not? Lose game one. The sky is falling. 
South Carolina wins game two, and you literally go on Twitter, and people are saying, are we back? Are the Yardcocks back? We're, we're back, man. We're back. It took one game. So, like, if you're out there, if I was out there, listen, if I was out there every single weekend, overreacting one way or the other to whether we won the series, we lost the series, we swept, got swept. Do you know how exhausting that emotional roller coaster would get? Just up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's just like, dude, just let it play out. Just let, see, football is a little bit different. When you're talking about titles and stuff, like you lose one game, it kind of throws your season for a loop, right? Or you lose a couple of games. And I mean, we, we all know the rest is, we all know the rest. Baseball is much different, man. You lose one game, so what? Lose two, so what? I mean, it really just, it's a long, long year, man, and you got to let it play out. I know that's not the popular again take, but um, I still believe in this team and think this team will be fine. Lynn Turner says, I think the pitching was much, much better this week, and I agree with you. I agree, absolutely. Uh, all right, guys, looks like that's all the questions. Hey, thank you all so much. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed Rowdy Rooster Rundown, the first ever edition uh, be sure to like, subscribe on YouTube, hit that bell icon so you get the notifications for when we go live and also when we drop new video content. And all my folks who are hearing me via audio version on Monday, no need to fret. You're going to continue to hear me this rundown, this recap of what happened over the weekend every single Monday morning. It will drop as the podcast normally would. Guys, I'm almost removing the word like, you know, in the sense of, I was going to say remove the word, word podcast from my vocabulary, but I really just mean in the sense of like separating the podcast from this. It's all the podcast. It's just all of our content. You guys will, will rock and roll with the punches as you always do, and I truly appreciate it. But again, thank you to all those who tuned into the live version of Rowdy Rooster Rundown, and of course, all those who tune in on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, what have you. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. We had a great weekend with the live stream watch-alongs, and we got some really, really exciting things in the works. I cannot wait to share with you all. Again, guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Y'all have a great rest of your night if you're on the live show, a great rest of your Monday if you're listening to the podcast, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye.